Welcome to the Arlington Street Church podcast. Boston Sanctuary since 1729, Arlington Street continues today as a gathering place for progressive people of faith in the Boston metropolitan area and beyond. Please visit ASCBoston.org for more information about this historic Unitarian Universalist congregation. We're located at the corner of Arlington and Boylston Streets in downtown Boston, Massachusetts. Arlington Street Church, gathered in love and service for justice and peace. There is a story of a man at prayer. Oh God, the man says, today is a good day. Thank you for this day. Today, I have not had a single cigarette or a drink. I have not missed a workout or started an argument. Today is a good day. I have not wasted hours in front of the internet or the TV. I haven't eaten any sugary foods or any fatty foods either. Thank you, God, for this day, this good day. And the man continues praying, and God, I need your help because now I am about to get out of bed. (laughs) This joke could have been written for this day, this morning for New Year's Day, for the day when the calendar offers us the opportunity to articulate and act upon resolutions for how we want to live in the world. If your resolution was to get out of bed and come to church every Sunday, congratulations, you have met that resolution. And while the momentum of New Year's resolutions can be a catalyst for reflection and change, the truth is that we contend with living up to our ideals and facing our unhealthy habits every morning. We negotiate our responses to that roller coaster of life every day. A few years ago, a friend of mine who we'll call Kristen asked me to witness a resolution. She asked me to help her stop smoking. Now, this didn't happen on January 1st. It was some day in March or April. She'd been smoking on and off since high school and really embodied that quotation attributed to Mark Twain. You might know it. Quitting smoking is easy. I've done it a thousand times. Kristen called smoking her demon. On this spring day, Kristen decided to cast out this demon, this demon which had become both her most dependable friend and her greatest enemy. She invited me and a few other friends over to witness this symbolic exorcism. Kristen took her half-smoked pack of cigarettes, her collection of ashtrays, and her favorite lighter. She gathered these together, walked into the alley behind her house and dumped these items into the dumpster. And then Kristen took us all inside to share a pot of tea. A couple weeks later, 
Kristen called me. She was anxious and distraught. She'd negotiated those first few horrendous days of physical withdrawal pretty well. But as the days and then the week or two went by, she developed this new habit, this habit of walking into a convenience store and staring at that, that cigarette row behind the counter. She would stare at it and then turn around and go grab potato chips and cookies and buy those instead. She had been drinking more coffee, she told me. She'd been watching more TV and she'd started biting her nails again. Kristen's story reminds me of a passage from the books of Matthew and Luke in the Christian New Testament. During his Sermon on the Mount, the teacher Jesus is said to have said, when an unclean spirit comes out of a person, it wanders through waterless places seeking a resting place but not finding any, it says, I will return to the house that I left. When it arrives, it finds the house swept clean and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more wicked than itself, and they enter and live there. And the final condition of that person is worse than the first. With the help of her friends and her therapist, Kristen realized that she couldn't simply quit smoking without changing other aspects of her life. The absence of smoking had left her house empty, and a whole cadre of metaphoric demons were taking up residence in a life that Kristen had hoped would be swept clean of unhealthy behaviors. So Kristen decided to intentionally fill her house with new habits, healthy habits of self-care and of spiritual practice. She began taking short meditative walks instead of cigarette breaks while at work. She started yoga. She sought out hobbies experimenting first with knitting, then crochet, until she finally settled on beading. And when those wandering, wicked spirits came a-knocking, there was not enough room for all of them to enter her house and move in. So here, we arrive at a lesson that perhaps we all already knew about change. That when we let go of something, we often need to welcome something new into our lives. Ring out the old, ring in the new. Yet, this story of the unclean spirit raises a point that complicates this lesson. A point that the story doesn't fully resolve. The wandering spirit is looking for a resting place. So this morning I ask, how can these spirits be welcomed to a place of rest without signing a lease on our lives? 
The 12th century Sufi poet Rumi offers a teaching on how to see our lives as a home. He writes, this being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness, some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all, even if they're a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture. Still, treat each guest honorably. He may be clearing you out for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door laughing and invite them in. Be grateful for whoever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. There's a sort of spiritual irony that in ridding our houses of those wicked spirits of unhealthy behaviors, we then need to welcome the unexpected visitors that follow in their wake the emotional responses of fear, anger, depression, disappointment, guilt, pride, satisfaction, success, joy, and delight. Rumi calls us to be aware of these emotional and spiritual responses that we have to life, that we have to change to notice what's going on inside of us in that moment before we pick up a drink or make it to yoga class. To recognize our urge to pick a fight or our desire to say, I love you. As my friend Kristen cultivated her spiritual practices and habits of self-care, she found herself facing emotions that behaviors like smoking had kept at bay. She learned, slowly, struggling, sometimes painfully, she learned to welcome these emotions, knowing that they were just guests passing through. Some guests would make her cry, others would make her laugh. Some were frequent guests, tempting thinking of outlasting their stay, and others only came by occasionally. And sometimes Kristen was able to entertain these guests on her own, and other times she reached out to her support work in order to treat this crowd of sorrows honorably. How will you Meet the unexpected visitors who knock on your door this year. How will you respond to life? Will you meet malice and shame at the door by being short-tempered with your friends or your coworkers, or by acting with patience and compassion? Will you meet fear 
loneliness, depression, with habits of avoidance or self-harm, or with practices that cultivate resilience, connection, love. Friends on the journey, may we challenge ourselves to cast aside behaviors that harm ourselves or others. May we fill our lives with practices that nourish us in body, mind, and spirit. And may we open ourselves to welcome the emotions that arrive as unexpected visitors at the guest house of our shared humanity. May we love and encourage one another in the year to come. Amen, and blessed be.